The following episode contains conversations about sexual assault, depression and suicide, which some people might find upsetting. Discretion is advised. If you or someone you know needs help finding support and crisis resources, please see the episode description box for more information. and welcome back to another episode of a letter to my younger self today's guest is my longtime friend ian karanja <laughs> yes put in the effect <laughs> Yeah, and quick fun fact about Ayan, she's actually the one who films and edits the podcast. I know yep. you guys have seen the quality of this season, it's impeccable. So go ahead, give the girl her flowers. Thank in you, the thank you, thank section. you. I even put effects for myself, like, <laughs> congratulations to me. <laughs> How does it feel being on this other side? This is awkward. <laughs> But right now, because you, you do a bit of content, yeah? Here and there, yes. Yeah, yes. It's not the same when there's no audience. Because I'm guessing when yeah. you're recording, you're by yourself. So there's yeah, no there's no one watching. And then I don't have pressure because, like, I have, like, 3K followers. Yeah. So it's like most of the people watching are like my friends or people who i know so i'm just like oh, whatever man <laughs> well they're about to increase to a couple more thousands <laughs> who are going to see this how long have we known each other we met in high school from 20, 20 what i think 2016 was it she no it wasn't 2016 what do you mean it was you can you joined my kid in form three yeah Oh, yeah, it's not 2016. Yeah, We're so old. Sorry, 20, 2012. 2012. Yeah, 2012. And what was my first impression of you? You know. You say it. Tell the people. No, listen. Tell the people. I, I did not intend. <laughs> I don't it and it's very mean to me. I was not mean. I just wasn't nice. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. No, listen. You found me reading. <laughs> Go on. Defend yourself. Actually, let's 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 tell the people. No, I want to hear your version because I know it's skewed, but go ahead. Tell them. Tell them. So what happens is we're in a new school. I'm a newcomer. Obviously, I know no one. And the teacher says, um, find a partner or something to share a textbook with. And who was seated behind me? You. And what do I do? I take my chair. Do, 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 do. Take it next to Caroline so that we can share the book. And this woman looks at me like you couldn't pick anyone else. Wait, but I, it be sad? I remember the I I know I give I remember the look I gave you. What I don't remember is what happened next. Did you just sit or did you give up and I go? I was not going to get bullied. I sat and we shared the book and we became friends by force. <laughs> and that's just the kind of person I am. I have to admit that the minute um, I, I read your letter, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like I almost felt some sense of guilt because I was like, how do you know someone for so long and be yeah. so close to them and yeah. not know so much about them? I think I don't I don't think it's just you. I think even if a lot of people had called my close friends mm-hmm. would want to write such like a letter, I'd be like, damn, because I think as humans, there are certain things you're just like I think this one let me just deal with by myself. Yeah. And it's something that I'm trying to get also get out of. Cause mm-hmm. especially in my early years, no no one knew. Yeah. No one knew what the hell was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I just I was in and out as this disappearing in and out of people's lives because i felt like i didn't want to burden people Mm -hmm. so now that i'm growing up i'm like okay it's okay there are certain things you can just like you can open up about yeah especially if somebody is in like the right space to take it it's okay especially because you're not a burden Mm -hmm. you're not a burden to people you're someone's you know friend so if they're truly your friend and you feel as if you have this thing to talk about somebody who's truly your friend and is able to deal with it at the moment will do it so it's talking yourself like you're not a burden kind Mm -hmm. of thing yeah okay so to give everyone context i guess we can go ahead and read the letter a letter to my younger self dear 16 year old caroline my sweet summer child 
Life is about to give you one hell of a character arc. Mom and dad have just separated and your relationship with dad will go from contentious to non-existent. It will break your heart to see him dismiss you, but I want you to know it's not your fault. What happens between grown adults is not a reflection of your lovability. Also, literally a week after your birthday, you will be violated in a way no human being should. This will have, a f- will have far-reaching effects that will not be obvious to you at the time as your brain will not be able to properly process what is happening. That and the whole dad situation will affect your relationship with men. It will be messy, confusing, and slightly entertaining at times. But don't worry, girl. We caught ourselves before things went from bad to worse. And now, healing. I know you and I had great goals and ambitions, but let me tell you, Mina, qua ground, hey, ni different. Good news is your hard work in high school paid off. You got accepted into engineering school, then later transferred to your dream course, medicine. You loved medicine with all your heart, but it did not love you back. It's really not medicine's fault. Remember those far-reaching effects? Yeah, your brain finally had enough and broke in spectacular fashion. You developed crippling anxiety that made you housebound and entered a deep depression. You didn't want to be here. You even tried to leave that one time. No matter how <laughs> no matter how you tried, you couldn't keep up with the multiple hospital visits while being in medical school and made the hard decision to call it quits. But fear not, because you and I refused to stay down. After hopping from odd job to odd job, you landed in the most unlikely industry, photography and videography. I know, the way we used to run from the camera like it had cooties. Yeah. Having fun on Instagram, sharing your life in a way as a form of escapism caught people's attention and had them asking if you'd create for them as well. It's allowed you to travel, meet interesting people, and make a modest living, much to your family's confusion. Shaw still calls you a cameraman, but at least she's warmed up to the idea. You will question your decision every day, and the business pitfalls will have you crying yourself to sleep, but we wouldn't have it any other way. We know we'll make it. P.S. We did it. We lost the weight. Not all of it, but we are getting there. While it did help with your confidence and self-esteem, it also revealed that, damn, we still have a long way to go in terms of healing. If I was to impart some knowledge to you, it would be, one, stop being so hard-headed. My dear, you know close to nothing. Be willing to listen to others and learn that you, can, you too can mess up. Number two, be fluid like water. You have very high opinions about who you are and who you aren't. You're not a grumpy introvert who hates everyone, just a few. You are not only analytical in thinking, you are also creative. Three, I know dad is not around, but don't forget you have a kick-ass mom who through all of this never left your side. She recognized when you needed help and got it, supported you when you dropped out, and even helped you start your business. Don't forget the numerous times she offered to help you at a shoot day whenever you bitched about how your back hurt. She is an angel among men, and be grateful for her every day. Number four, pee after sex. So, here we are, young one, 27, and still uncertain about the future, but learning that happiness is the journey, not the destination. Healing is continuous and ever-evolving, and it's okay not to be okay. From the love of your life, I am. Um, <clears throat> I have to say that I feel like this is one of the most touching letters we've ever received, and I feel like knowing you for me, it made it mm. even more emotional. Because, yeah. like, through reading it, I was like, oh, oh, oh. Like, like, right now, I was trying really hard to keep the balance in tears at bay. I feel like it was just, it was really, it was quite something. And I feel like I had to read it even more than once. Um, so I just have to ask, uh, how did it feel like writing the letter? And what inspired you to write your letter so openly and authentically um it i had written one before this one Mm -hmm. and i read it through and it felt like a sanitized version of my life like the version i show everyone like the version everyone knew like Mm -hmm. this is if you've known iron this is iron right yeah but it's those ones for i wanted to to really remove myself from that mindset of you know i'm going to be here and read it and just talk 
talk to your young self. Yeah. Because I, f- I, I chose 16 because that was the year I think things, my whole like, like life went like this. <laughs> it was the, it was a really pivotal year for me. And I was like, I just want this person to know mm-hmm. that it's, it's going to be bad, but it gets better. And it's okay to accept the ups and the downs because mm-hmm. um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't want it to just, I, I wanted her to know you're okay. You're, you're going to be okay. But also accept that this sucks, which is something I don't do in my life often. Mm-hmm. That I accept that those feelings of, hey, this is not fun. Yeah. 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 Um, tell us a bit about your parents and how life was like at home before mm. the separation uh, so i grew up in a middle class family uh dad was a banker my mom was a lawyer oh my dad's a banker too uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then so growing up um it wasn't tumultuous but it wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. like I could tell at some point, especially when I got you know more conscious about what was going on around me, that these two people didn't like each other. Like there was, there was something like you can just tell that there is tension, mm-hmm. but it wasn't outward tension. My parents didn't fight in public, even in front of us. There was no shouting, screaming matches, none of that. It was just outside. Everything is oh, this is my family. Like especially my dad. Oh, and they would be talking, and then inside the don't talk yeah <laughs> like inside the house it's weird they are talking to each other through us you could tell they were there because you know we have kids now we have, kids. A, we have a home now so when i now when i was 16 is when now um they separated my mom had enough and she said you know we're not we're not we're not living together as a couple anymore mm-hmm. it's there's no point <laughs> in all of this games anymore um there was no physical abuse but there was some emotional abuse of you know like it's it's hard to be you know like being imagine sharing a room with somebody and they don't talk to you yeah and they and all they do is complain about how things are not going well without offering solutions so i think she just had enough of that Mm -hmm. so yeah so they they separated um yeah, at the time, I wasn't really, I didn't see it as such a bad thing. Um, because being the eldest, I could tell um, that they were not, they were not okay. okay. Yeah. So for me, it was fine. Because I wanted my mom to be happy, happy. as well. Uh, what was, now, what made it difficult is, is initially the idea was, okay, we've separated but these are still your kids. So we need to have, you know, that relationship. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, my dad kept the relationship with my younger sister, but he didn't do that with me. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a slight because he would come pick her up, they'd go out, they would like, you know, like have their, you know, their moments, their father-daughter times, but not with me. So that's now when I was like, okay, is it does that mean that there's something wrong with me because it would have been different if he just left and left yeah and like, left both of, of you. you like it, it was like if he just went and you're like okay i guess he's done now yeah yeah so i felt that as a like he he's not just he's really left like me it was now it felt personal it had it removed it from the relationship and later on i realized one of the reasons why he put me in such a place is at the time of the separation it was during christmas time mm-hmm. so um we used to go to you know the normal shags christmas yeah so we used to go now to like my dad's side of the family and that year we had fought with him so i said i'm not going um, I remember even like locked my room. I'm like, you're gonna have to physically remove me from here. Cause even before they separated, there was that there was a bit of back and forth between me and my dad. Yeah. So he went with my sisters. I stayed with my mom. That was when my mom kicked him out mm-hmm. during that time. So I think he also I didn't know it was going on until it happened. Cause my mom was being very like she was hiding it. Cause I guess she didn't want me to be fully involved in it. Mm-hmm. 
so I didn't know what was going on. But in his head, I think because I was there, he's yeah, like, oh, he so it's like, you and your mom. Yeah. Like you're like, okay. You guys you, are plotting. Yeah, you go now. So I think that carried on. Uh, eventually, my sister noticed. And one day she told him, you're going to pick the both of us or I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. Um and then after that but like what would he say like I, okay. was it um would he just call her and yeah. be like i'm coming to I'm get coming you to then get when you. he reaches there yeah. what does he tell you like why is he not picking you or he, like not he wouldn't even talk, enter cuz he's house? not entering the house oh, so at that time you know out. we all had phones right yeah. so he'll just tell my sister i'm coming she'll just come down and then they go and then they come back obviously she'll come back with like oh we went shopping and she got like toys it, and yeah. books and things like that and we went out so it's like okay and he knew I'm in yeah. where where else would that teenager be on a Saturday. Yeah, that's was really unfair. And it's yeah. actually even um like what you said where mm. they weren't really fighting but you could tell because a mm. lot of the times you find couples mm. saying that they're going to stay together for the kids mm. but then now the kids themselves can mm. see they can tell yeah, that can there is that. something wrong so even mm. if you're staying to protect them in the long run you're sort of still building the trauma yeah. that is coming out of staying yeah um and you also mentioned your mom, Mama Caro, came up mm. in the letter and she sounds like such a sweetheart. Mm. And I know her as a G and a sweetheart as well. And mm. I can see her portrait up there. So it's yeah. like she's watching us like, what are you going to say about me? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's also no nonsense. She will not take crap from no one. But she's also really come out as a sweetheart in the letter, even mm. offering to, you know, come with you for shoots because yeah. your back is hurting and stuff and i can't imagine for her seeing you going through you know yeah your dad picking you uh picking your sister and leaving you it mm. must have also really really hurt her as well because yeah. i know um during that period she must have also been going through a lot but then now in addition of you know now your dad not treating you properly yeah it must have also been breaking her as well and mm. um what did she do or what did she tell you during these periods to sort mm. of just you know mm. tell you it's okay um she okay she was during that time you know she was the one who initiated mm-hmm. the divorce so i think that because of that she felt like a sort of guilt because mm-hmm. you're this man would be in this house if it wasn't for me saying i i can't do this anymore so she found it difficult to navigate that situation because you know she wouldn't know how to say it's not you but at the same time kind of feel like it's her so she just used to tell me you know it has nothing to do with you uh just know for her it was just know you have me yeah like even if he continues like this or it doesn't your relationship with him never changes you have me mm. that's it because you know you can't she because at that time there was no contact between the two of them so there was no even like calling yeah. each other or anything there was no avenue of communication so there was no if I had to be like hey you know like your daughter is kind of is also here could you yeah. please so for her she was just like i hope he changes but if he doesn't i'm also here, also here. and i mean true to her words yeah. i feel like she's always been there for you like even now yeah. you know telling you your yeah. back is hurting yeah. let a tripod nitakubebea yeah. <laughs> when you're going to shoot mm. and i feel like right now um 27 year old iron mm. it feels like now you understand that you know whatever is going on between two grown ups or mm. even any other person in yeah. general has nothing to do with you yeah because yeah. it's it's hard when you're in that space because you you start looking within to see if you are the problem because i feel also as humans we're kind of self-centered so you're like oh what did i do what did i say mm-hmm. did i do this did i do this did i do this and then you start putting all these burdens upon yourself and it has nothing to do with you yeah. these are two people going through something that yes is difficult but it has nothing to do with you so just be comfortable in yourself and even even right now i'm trying to implement it some more because sometimes like somebody doesn't respond to my text for a while and i'm like what did i do to this person did i say this did i say this did i say this or are they annoyed at me am i annoying and and maybe they just had a bad a bad week at work yeah maybe they're going through a breakup or something it's good to just step out and say 
by the way this has nothing to do with mm-hmm. you yeah mm-hmm. that's true i think yeah i think i'm also trying mm-hmm. trying to implement that yeah. into my own personal life and um in your letter you mentioned a bit after your 16th birthday right that's yeah. when you got violated yeah um i don't know what are you comfortable sharing with us about this I'll share bare bone facts, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I was basically a seed mm-hmm. when I was young, and um, it it was it was, I will say it was in not not the way it's depicted in media, because mm-hmm. you know in media there's you're being held down, you're kicking, screaming, screaming no, and as a, that's how. That's how we see it. Yeah. That's how it's talked about. And most times, for me, it wasn't like that. It was subtle. It took a long time. There was a lot of grooming involved, mm-hmm. things like that. It wasn't out of the blue. And I think because of that, I, I, f- I didn't click immediately. Yeah. Like trauma. Because I just, one, I used, I was, especially when I was younger, I used to repress. Like if something happens in my life that I don't, I don't like, I just repress it. To the point I even forget. Like I'd have gaps in my memory because that was how I would deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it happened for a while. And it, it was, it was just, it, I don't, to, to this day, I've never been able to process the the feelings properly where i it hurt obviously it hurt me as a person and um it, but what what i think was more than the physical was the mental damage it did without even me realizing it mm-hmm. that was what i had to deal with for to now yeah it's 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 not knowing it's realizing there are certain ways you behave because of this and how do i now deal with it and one thing that it manifested in me that i didn't know until later on um is that it created it's what made me extremely anxious it's very because usually when such such things happen to you most people link it it makes you you know depressed you have ptsd it's those are the things that you know but part of the PTSD was the anxiety. I had extreme social anxiety, especially around my first and second year of uni, mm-hmm. where I couldn't even leave the house because I didn't want to be around people. But I then realized why I was so afraid of crowds and people was I had this deep-rooted shame, like really inside. Yeah, so I don't, there's this um, book called The Scarlet Letter where there's... Um, the main character has been written for an A and that shows um, that they are have sinned or have committed a crime or something. I felt as if I had an A like on me. So I didn't know that at the time, but I would like, I would, I felt that shame from that time. So I was just like, they're seeing me, they know that this, they're this, and yeah. I don't want to be seen. I don't want people to see how, you know, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm so sorry that happened to you and it's even worse because now um, this is something wrong that was done to you. Yeah. But you're the one walking around mm. feeling guilty. Guilty, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that's not really talked about because it's the, what most people think is the normal reaction is anger and, um, of course, the sadness of it. But there is, especially, I think it's also per- Perpetrated in media because if you hear people when something like if somebody's is aid, the first thing guys start asking is what was she wearing? Yeah. Why were why was she talking to that guy? Why was she out drinking without you know knowing those things? Even in society, the one who's been affected is the one who is first interrogated. Yeah. So that I think that I think now that carries because you start asking yourself, why did I put myself in that situation? Why didn't I remove myself sooner? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Yeah. And at the one, I was way younger. And two, it, 
it's you are the one wronged mm. it's not your fault if you were found where you were found you sh- it's not if somebody comes and sits there and hurts you it's not your fault yeah. that you sat here yeah and truly it's yeah. a child being taken advantage of at yeah. the end of the day yeah and even that thing for what was she wearing yeah. i mean four-year-olds these days are yeah. victims so yeah. you can't bring that narrative exactly to a four-year-old yeah. what, was a, what was a four-year-old where truly it really does not apply yeah okay then so um all this or rather that whole experience combined with then um the experience you also had with your dad then led to this bad relationship that you had with men later on in life um what sort of decisions would you make and at what point did you catch yourself before it went from bad to worst um Hey, take this. I had classic daddy issues. <laughs> very, mm-hmm. very textbook daddy issues. You know those ones for um, one. I would get oddly attached. Like, can I cuss? <laughs> we are allowed to express ourselves. <laughs> like you know those ones for you know the nigga and shit, mm-hmm. and there you are like insisting on something because within you you just so desperately want to be loved mm-hmm. and it's you so you don't see your value so of course you end up with people who as in ancient ancient <laughs> yeah basically and then also um it okay i don't know if this affected i tended to go for older mm-hmm. because even the with what happened to me the person was significantly older you would think you'd think yeah that i would go in the opposite direction which is what like most people think happens it's like oh this happened to you so now you want the complete opposite which happens to most people mm-hmm. but then now for me it was now it went like it's it was so it's so messed up to think about because it's like it was home it was familiar you know mm-hmm. that huge power imbalance that you get if you date somebody who was you know 10 15 20 years older than you that and that's that was home to me yeah so i ended up dating people in that range and obviously okay it's not necessarily bad but you'd get that the of course with the power imbalance and the age difference it's not some most times healthy yeah yeah and yeah. at what point did you catch yourself oh what point did i catch myself uh so last year was wild mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's i'm gonna just leave it at that it was you know those times you behave like really badly like yeah. you can tell you <laughs> out of character out of character behavior that is detrimental to you i got myself in situations i should not have been in and um it's that so at that time it was people had like normal new year's resolutions of me i'm, I'm going to lose weight and I'm, i was like i'm going to be alone yeah because i've never really traditionally dated like to say that's why I always tell people I'm single. Like I've never had a boyfriend. Like you know those ones to say, oh, we've been together for like three months. Nah, I've never done that, and that was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I leave before you leave because yeah. I've been left. I'm not being left again. So I leave before you leave. I don't. Um, I don't like having like too close of an attachment, and then when I am in a situation where I like the person, I like them too much mm. like it's a lot yeah. <laughs> you, know, so you need to really get yourself so i realized that last year i was just crazy it was wild so this year before things because i could see if if i continue on this trajectory yeah it's not gonna be pretty at the end of it you know that's when you hear you know let's just be honest that stds start coming forth unwanted pregnancies and you know I was just like it's not it. That's not my portion. Yeah. So let me take a step back and just deal with it instead of running away. Deal with those issues. Yeah. And what lessons have you learned through these experiences and how differently do you now approach relationships? Um I think now I take an individual as they are. There was um 
a certain I wouldn't say like I I had a recognition that you know niggas ain't shit mm-hmm. but I I created the, the a fictitious feeling around a person like I I projected my feelings upon them mm-hmm. so I never took people as they are I didn't take people at face value you know like if somebody shows you who they are accept it I would be delusional yeah. like it's those ones for um He's not calling me because I oh, you know he's busy thinking <laughs> about me. Yeah, you know, he's too he's too overwhelmed. He's too overwhelmed by all his feelings. No. Yeah. Just the projecting on somebody. It just take if you see a human being, take them as they are. If they tell you who they are, accept that as canon and don't don't start um having those feelings. And then also Um right now I don't know if you know when I ended my letter I said the love of your life. Yeah. I learn I'm now learning to be the love of my life and how I treat myself should be the standard. If I like I I love myself now. Yeah. Like I'm learning to have that of feeling of you need to be treated well. Like even pursuing things I care about is part of loving yourself yeah not procrastinating your dreams and your ambitions and learning to love me as also i am is help has helped me you know come from a place of not i wouldn't call it desperation but this place of um please like me okay yeah. please please like me like it's if you don't like me that's a you problem yeah yeah and we see it we see in your self love era with your flowers yeah, exactly <laughs> you know I, we love to see it yeah why cuz i asked you last me why am i waiting for somebody to buy me flowers mm-hmm. if i like flowers i go buy flowers if i like like even with my friends i'm like if i go to somebody's house and i'm passing by to buy flowers me i'll buy you flowers yeah like it's stop having these arbitrary rules of how relations should go love for yourself for your friends should also be it should also be pure and and just being you know authentic yeah yeah, yeah. and you also um talk a, lo- a lot about the crippling anxiety mm. and the deep rooted de- depression mm. and um like you said you didn't really understand what was happening yeah, yeah. at the time you didn't really understand how much all these things that were happening were affecting you yeah. like it just kept on piling and piling and piling and we went to engineering school then you transferred you went mm. to med school yeah. um and then that's when everything comes crashing down yeah and for me i wonder um at that point i feel like you had i mean you had done well yeah. in school yeah you had gone to engineering engineering not at it was some a bad course yeah and then now you've even transferred to mm. you know now your dream course you know yeah. in med school yeah. so if i'm to think about it i'm like that's the period you should have been your happiest exactly you know like everything is now mm. working out according to i guess what you had planned yeah. but this is the point where everything came crashing down yeah so what was the breaking point what triggered everything Um I'll say um uh I when I was in high school right mm-hmm. um when all these things were happening I was being busy you know I was I was like okay whatever is going on at home whatever is going on I need to pass yeah <laughs> I need to go to I need to go to uh, you know here which is very sad University of Nairobi is the goal. <laughs> It's a one class university please. <laughs> you know and I'm going to enter as a regular regular student. Yani government will pick me as I am. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to work. So I didn't think about all those things happening to me during that time because I need to get into this school. Mm-hmm. And then I did. And I think what made me just crack is eventually I realized that I was chasing this thinking it's my happiness and then I got it I wasn't happy mm-hmm. so it's those things for you like so was was what was all this for <laughs> you know like I I felt like it's just 
I I treated it as a destination and not part of my life. Mm-hmm. So here I am. And I didn't solve any of the problems I had. Were they going to magically disappear because I'm in my dream course? Yeah. That's what I thought. That didn't happen. And I think realizing that and now not having the constant, you know, that singular goal. Because you know now in uni, you know this, it's semester per semester. You yeah. take it as it comes. <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't have such a grandiose goal, especially like in medicine. Okay, it was really hard past medicine but for us there's no distinction and a second apart does not it's you pass or you fail yeah so it's just get above 50 you were a doctor so i think not having that very singular goal because okay i'm in med school so what's the singular goal become a doctor yeah. like i was just i didn't have that motivation anymore that helped me postpone my problems so i think that's what caught up with me yeah mm-hmm. And as I read your letter, um, and you describe, you know, the mm. crippling anxiety, mm. the deep depression, what I imagine it as mm. is being in a building. Mm. And a building is coming down on you. Like mm-hmm. The building is crashing. Mm. But not like instant, like mm. in slow motion. It's suffocation. Yeah, it's like... so you're trying to find your way out but slowly you know it's like you know how in nightmares you're trying to run but your legs are not moving Mm. and everything is happening really really slowly but i want to understand now in your own words Mm. what it felt like you know that sort of anxiety that is making you stay in the house Mm. not leaving bed just Mm. locking yourself up how Mm. was that for you it it feels like um i i feel like anxiety and depression are such ridiculous things to have together because they're opposites Mm -hmm. your body reacts in an opposite way when i'm in a state of anxiety it's the normal thing like it happened especially when i was around people i would get very it's like the world becomes like a cocoon like there's a helmet on me and this helmet is like the air is this thing it's like i'm on top of mount everest there's mm-hmm. not enough air i'm not able to breathe my heart is really pumping it's really like i'm just feeling i want to leave my body like just i want to leave it there it's boring me i i want to go i want to leave my body this whole situation i want to go and there's nowhere you can go mm-hmm. while as depression is this very slow, very languid, like, it's like just, it's like slowly drowning. Like, you you know, like when you drown, let's say if you drown when you can't move your limbs. So you, you just- Like quicksand. Like quicksand, yeah, you're just in this, it's like molasses. Mm-hmm. You just, you don't have the energy for this. You don't have the energy for that. You don't, you don't want to deal with anything. You don't want anything to deal with you. You don't want to have thoughts. Mm-hmm. You want to be just still. You want to be still. And now, and then what happens is they kind of they kind of push each other. I don't know how to explain this. Like, I'd be anxious about going to class, so I don't go to class. Then I'd be depressed because I didn't, you go, didn't to go, go to class. class. Yeah. So it was like a vicious cycle. And I just, I rem- and then feeling, and then sometimes because I'm anxious, I'd feel depressed. Why am I anxious? Mm-hmm. You know? So that's how I would, I would describe it for me. And like for my anxiety, it reached the point I would get panic attacks. If I'm like in a place and I've not like moderated myself, like my heart would, my heart rate would increase outside sweaty, I just run out and vomit. Mm-hmm. That's how now I would. I feel like the vomit was the release. Like my body is just like, yeah, yeah. And um, there's also mentions of the multiple hospital visits, mm. and you know, just wanting to end it and make it mm. stop. Yeah. Um, what are you also comfortable sharing with us about? that period yeah so um it began um uh now i'm in school right and then this uh, is in uni this is in uni um this is actually when i was still in engineering Mm -hmm. and um i'm having these feelings of 
this depression anxiety and i don't know how to deal with them so um i started getting suicidal ideations uh this of led me to now get into a psychiatric hospital at that time um and so i went there um it helped and didn't um it helped in the fact that i stood back from my life and saw what was going on it didn't because i think i was just um with the wrong doctor mm-hmm. at that time he his approach was not he was it was not for me um so after that um i got out and um it was kind of those things for we're trying to find a now solution to these problems so i wrote in a transfer request to go to medicine that was my solution mm-hmm. so the first year went okay um but i still had my anxiety so there's a, a week i don't go to school right um i experienced a really bad panic attack and then i'm like screw this i'm not <laughs> i'm not going yeah so um what that um then that like extreme anxiety would lead to would be um some i it affected my endocrine system mm-hmm. so i ended up having a lot of issues with um sugar um so when i would enter those continuous states of i get really anxious and then now it's like my body from the stress became insulin resistant during mm-hmm. those times so then i would get into diabetic uh, um um a diabetic state known as ketoacidosis which means that your body is now burning it doesn't know how to use the sugar so it's now burning your fat so your blood is basically too acidic yeah. because of those so that would now land me in hospital because so that like literally your anxiety <laughs> and depression made you sick. it made me physically ill yeah. like it actually pushed my body to its limit it didn't know how to deal with it so it took it out on itself So now that's what kept landing me in hospital because I go in and then I and then there was also this feeling of denial of I'm not you know you don't want to see yourself as quote unquote broken you yeah. don't want to see yourself as something that needs to be fixed so you know you go in and then every time when you're about to be you know um what's it called you admitted and then you are discharged discharged yeah every time you're about to discharge you have this whole new lease on life you know you don't worked on anything yeah. you just like you know i'm better let's I'm go better do this now. you know you've sat you've been at the hdu you've been there and i think like especially when i used to go in um the hdu is extremely depressing it's not mm. a normal ward it's things are bad word it's the kind of word where you can hear someone die yeah. next to you like people are critical so when you are that close to death you know so i remember somebody even like passed on right like i was here his bed was right there i heard him going into code blue and you know at that time i even know the terms so i know yeah. exactly what they're doing so i was just like you know when you're so close to death like that when you're about to leave you're like You know I what? Made it out. I made it out. Life is good. What were you complaining about? So I just go back in without changing anything. Mm-hmm. So give it give it a month, two, three, sometimes six months. The cycle repeats. Yeah. So um so what happened is I had to break it. And for me that break was leaving medicine. I had to break that cycle because part of what made me keep having this is i need to be good because i need to go back to school yeah. you know i need to I'm, i need to pass i need to go i can't be here so because of that i i didn't give myself time to heal mm-hmm. because when you go into the hospital they treat the physical they'll give you the medication yeah. they'll bring it down your sugars they'll you know give you like slight counseling this is how you should you know live your life and then but i'm not really cuz psychological treatment takes a long time mm-hmm. but i wasn't giving myself that space and one doctor came to me he was he was one of the he was not even a therapist he was just one of the gps just doing his rounds and he was like you know i understand cuz I'm, i'm also a doctor but is it a must yeah like is it a must like i i can see you're struggling like is it a must it happens now 
and I think she was the first person to make me think like, you know, yes, she must. <laughs> she must. So at that time, it was just going to be a deferral to just give myself a year to calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think now when I came out here and I was like, ah, we must. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, life is sweet, oh. Hey, sweet, oh. Hey, sweet, oh. I'm not sleeping at four reading that. Hey, sweet, oh. Hey. <laughs> you know the meme, right? Of that guy eating yeah. the mother, like, mm, life is sweet, oh. <laughs> sweet, oh. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess you really did not stay down <laughs> because, I mean, even after dealing with all of that, you mm. were like, okay, let's look for something mm. that's not as stressful, that's mm. not making me sick. Yeah. Let's look for a plan B, C, D, E, yeah. until now, you yeah. know, you're a cameraman, yes. as Shosho <laughs> calls it. So how was the journey, you know, um, from after now quitting medicine mm. to now where you are right now? Um, it was quite a meandering one. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, when I left, the goal was to be busy, but not too busy. You know, at, at the same time, if I'm too, if I'm too like, um, free, basically, mm-hmm. it would also be a problem. So I do odd jobs at the time. I would like, right. Remember those like impartial and guffler, like articles mm-hmm. so they would get like writers to just like write for them things for seo just for them so like if Verasidika has like some sort of drama you're there writing yeah. an article with all the seo but you terms are always good <laughs> at those writing things even like composition yeah, yeah. Inches. So i started doing that i started making like money on the side there i did some admin work here and there as a research assistant and all those things just you know um also through my mom who helped me like just this should be like should give me to her friend and mm-hmm. be like just give her something you know yeah, this, i just don't want her to be by herself it's not really about the money mm-hmm. but just something to keep her occupied so that's how i just moved from odd job to odd job then i i always it was so weird the last season of game of thrones was terrible i hated it with ah, burning passion mm. and I needed people to know <laughs> <laughs> I needed them to know yeah. that I hated it so at the time my sister had just left high school so she was in some multimedia course and so I was like I see this thing you call Adobe Premiere mm. like I have thoughts but I want them to be cutely arranged so I feel myself I remember with my Samsung quality was I feel myself I ranted I went to my sister's laptop and I was like show me how to do graphics yeah show me how to do this and that how do I make this text move from here to here and that's how I started video editing Mm -hmm. so I did that and then I'll just go on and on and on. I'd do like Instagram stories. As you remember this, like yeah. we'd go out and do like a whole, it was like mini vlogs. Basically watch like mini vlogs out reels yeah. right now. And that was my outlet now because, but I didn't realize that it was, you know, it could be something that could be monetized. I was having fun. Yeah. And then um, somebody saw my work, the first person who saw my work and was like, oh, I see you understand graphics. I have this video. Could you put for me these graphics so that I can finish it up and send it to a client? So this guy used to just send me stuff to do for him, pay me what, like a K, 2K. Like, that, I don't have a job. So yeah. a K, 2K, hey. You're taking it. I'm taking it. And so, yeah, that's now how I, that was the first person who ever, and then it was you. Mm-hmm. I remember you asked me because you were, you needed a video editor for your, for your YouTube. And you're just like, oh, would you, would you edit for me? And I was just like, the wait, blogs. what? <laughs> <laughs> you're asking me <laughs> to edit for you? Like, it sounded so strange to me. Uh, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. And I have never been able to go back to editing. <laughs> there is, I think, in between, like, the periods we worked together, there's yeah. one video I edited for myself. Yeah. And even my mom was like, I see your camera, I edit here. <laughs> and I was like, my lord. <laughs> we are honest now. Yeah, now we are saying everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if um, the listeners noticed, mm. 
but you began your letter with mm. you know dear caroline yes, and it ended with the love of my life iron yeah um and so i'm not sure if it's common knowledge but yeah. like you changed your name from caroline to iron yes. when you converted to islam yes um was the change from caroline to iron part of the healing journey i wouldn't say precisely mm-hmm. it was a healing journey of its own um i grew up catholic um so you know catholic school girl mm-hmm. and um i you know it's it's those things you you know religion sh- at you reach an age where religion becomes personal and i will, we're not we're not gelling you know yeah. there's some friction there so at the time a lot of my friends were muslim so i just observed uh then one time i was like let me participate in ramadan with you as you would so i was going i was listening to teachings um of course i was not entering the mosque at this time because scandal um yeah but i was listening to teachings seeing how they practice listening to all that and it resonated with me those parts of the teachings mm-hmm. so after going through it a couple of more times i was like I closer to this yeah. than I am to my the religion that is my mm-hmm. you know so I reverted yeah. to Islam and that for me at the time it was so like remember the first question everyone asked me is, is it a boy <laughs> like you know it's so I never thought of that every especially the older generation all of them were like is it a boy don't tell me it's a boy <laughs> I don't think yeah, you, you found a Muhammad somewhere who has confused you and you were like mm-hmm. kind has told me all I needed to hear <laughs> but I was like um no mm-hmm. it's so it was kind of it was, at least I'd say for my family okay we don't talk about it openly okay yeah. me and my mom we had that conversation and she was like you know what me at least you have faith <laughs> for her she's like you know what at least there's faith We leave it at that. Yeah. But with my my extended family, it's kind of like hush hush, because mm-hmm. especially like my grandma and her sisters are very religious. So it doesn't for like they they like kind of throw like oh why aren't you going to church with us mm-hmm. or you know like sometimes we have functions and the first part of the function is mass mm-hmm. so I come late uh-huh. so I because I, I don't want to be there then I disappear so just to remove all that friction it doesn't you come just when it ends yeah so now like you don't really hear that comment of hey you know children of these days can't even sit for mass <laughs> they can't even sit for mass and everyone is like but we all know yeah <laughs> she's no it's so yeah it's it's touchy but everyone has just decided leave it alone yeah i mean do you ever worry that um maybe you'd relapse and go back to you know what younger caroline was really going through and what steps are you taking what are you doing right now to just really take care of your mental Of course there's that problem of relapse but what I told myself is instead of having this mentality of I'm healed is I'm healing because mm-hmm. even in my letter I healing is a journey it's a it's a process and it's those ones you have to identify that sometimes you'll have bad days that day is even now like I'm just it's a random tuesday and i'm like i can't leave the house mm-hmm. like don't even ask me to go to the shop to buy milk no yeah. i will i will pay a boda to bring one packet of milk here <laughs> but i'm not leaving the house it's just identifying those times and now being open about it because like there are times i'll just come and tell mom yo today i'm having i'm having bad i'm having really depressive feelings like mm-hmm. they're really intrusive and they're making me feel you know icky inside just having that just saying that yeah is leagues and bounds before who i was because before i never even used to say so the fact that i can even acknowledge okay i'm i'm feeling bad right now is is really really helpful mm-hmm. yeah all in all i'm glad that you found your way here and i'm personally like again really proud of you and i mean now you get to work with amazing people 
like me <laughs> and um, yeah now i have to ask what are some of the achievements or like proud moments in your career so far um i don't know sound vague mm-hmm. but i can tell now i'm getting recognition in my industry in particular like i'd go to an event and somebody oh oh you're iron yeah and i'm like yeah <laughs> it's it's not okay i don't want to be famous i really i really not like that but it's nice being recognized in a place where you know you're contributing work to mm-hmm. it's nice um you know seeing people who um you've admired being like your work is good because i've gotten to work with people i used to just stalk on instagram back in a teensy lyra i was just there like oh, man one day yeah <laughs> and to have them tell me oh i loved your work it was good it was just like um i'd also say you know working with interesting you know people such as yourself you know i had well, to say well. that <laughs> or i'd be in trouble <laughs> it's it's nice being a, at a point in in my career where most of the people i work with also value what i do mm. it's you know that that their characters <laughs> their characters out there who are like uh, just to take photos yeah. just to hold the camera you know like they feel as if they're giving you free money you know mm-hmm. it's so rewarding when you work with people who appreciate what you do and are just you know they're they appreciate what you do they they're happy to work with you and now i can say if i can tell a client is going to be I can just be like, ah, you know, I'm currently not available yeah. or able to take new clients. It's such a flex, trust me, especially like when you're, it is such a flex to be able to say no to certain things and be comfortable knowing it's fine. Yeah. I will steal it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, let me also give you your flowers because truly in the videography field, you mm. know, being cameraman as Shosho will call it, yeah. you are really pushing like for mm. women, you're and, out yes. there and you're doing the damn thing. You're like effectively competing and even passing yeah. a lot of these people who you found out there. So it's really, really dope. Um, before we start getting to the end i have mm-hmm. to ask you know you see a lot of people who go through traumatic experiences mm-hmm. or hard experiences in life you find them saying that you know it's okay because it made them who they are now it leads me to wonder is it the same for you where do you sometimes wish that your journey was different maybe a little softer or do you feel like it's okay because it led to who you are right now that's a it's a hard question because you know um, there was this tiktok i saw once where the the chick was like at the, you know the people say like oh what makes only break uh, what doesn't break you or kill you makes you stronger yeah it's like i don't want to be stronger i want to be mentally stable <laughs> <laughs> you know you it's hard because i would never wish anything that happened to me to happen to anyone mm-hmm. you know it would be uh, inhumane you know but at the same time i don't want to discount my experiences because to be to be 100 i would not be where i am today if it wasn't for the things that happened in my life it took me to another trajectory i don't know who that other person would be mm-hmm. and i think um i think the trap we enter a lot is is entering what ifs in our life mm-hmm. it's also it's also how we start moving backwards i don't know who that person would be there's a part of me who be like oh should have been so you know should have been at not right now should be a doctor somewhere yeah. you know you know little little resident here being picked on you know like should be doing the thing what she thought would be it but do i know that it's a it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game to play mm-hmm. all i would say is um i'm learning to just live where i am experience what i am experiencing mm-hmm. and just going with that yeah i have to say this has definitely mm. been one of my favorite episodes i feel like this season, <laughs> this season. after every episode i'm just like oh my god oh my god i feel like it's been full of gems oh i should i should add something because mm-hmm. it's been a theme of this season you should try therapy <laughs> 
Well, you guys promised. <laughs> Plus leaders, like the three of you guys. I've not forgotten. My birthday present was supposed to be the first for free therapy session. I will look for you guys next week <laughs> to be like, hey, my therapy session. But yeah, truly, I've enjoyed it. And I think my biggest takeaway is like, one, it's truly, when you say it, it's truly never usually about you. Sometimes it's, you know, other people who are going through other things. Mm. Because I'm not going to lie, during the first period, because like in engineering school, man, mm. we just used to be me, you, and then finally we made friends with Zai. Yeah. So like when you left, I yeah. was like, oh my God, she's leaving me here. And this is a period before you even transferred. I yeah. think that's the first time when you started getting sick. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, she's always leaving me in school by myself. <laughs> and I... Again, I said how when I read the letter, I felt guilty because you can imagine I took that whole situation and made it about <laughs> myself. Yeah. Like, how selfish was that? Um, so, I mean, truly, it's made me understand that even if a situation might made you feel, make you feel bad, think mm-hmm. about, you know, the other person and the bigger picture yeah. that might be, you know, way um beyond you truly and we usually don't do this but if you could leave a message to maybe someone who is in the same situation mm-hmm. as young caroline was mm. a girl a boy somewhere mm. who is struggling what would you tell them right now to give them hope be honest about it mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how many people will care and believe you you'd be really surprised you know the i think there's this internal um fight we always have of will they believe will they care and it's important to just know that that they they will believe you yeah. and they will care just talk and you would be surprised about how even that you know i i you know i I'll never get justice for what happened to me. I'll never, you know, be able to, you know, fully, you know, like, you know, the normal things we say justice is. But I'm okay because I I spoke my truth eventually. Mm-hmm. And receiving that full, it was like, a f- what shocked me was just how, full the acceptance was and how quick it was Mm. like there was no especially if somebody loves you there was no are you sure yeah you know there was no um i did you like misinterpret it or something it was just i'm sorry this happened to you yeah and let's work through it you know if somebody truly truly cares about you they will help you and if you feel as if there is not that person in your life because that's also the truth i was very lucky um that i had um family that was extremely supportive if you don't have that you know that's why therapists um counselors are there a lot of them have seen all these things happen and are very willing and able to listen to you as you how you feel you are don't start saying how you think it went or maybe i maybe i know what did you feel mm-hmm. how did it happen for you forget what happened around what was the situation for that moment yeah it's very important and would really help okay well caroline you know the drill you wrote a letter to your younger self so and now you're going to leave a letter for 37 year old caroline whenever you're ready that's your camera okay you know i always see girls like here it's it's, hey 37 year old ian um i know we're still healing you know this thing is gonna take some time but i but you are definitely ahead. You now know your triggers, your attachment styles, and are able to, you know, just navigate navigate life easier. Um, we've definitely made that dopas documentary. We have made it. We have made it. I know we have made it. Um, you are still in this industry, surprisingly. 
I I believe in 10 years we'll still be here making videos um and telling African stories. You are now um helping shape the narrative of your country, of your continent in a beautiful and authentic side. Yeah. No, you are helping say our stories. It's not the white man anymore. Um uh we got some moolah. We got some money. I know people say that they bring happiness, but, but we have to, we, right now, we are at least comfortable. Uh, we got that uh, Range Rover and the parking lot. These are very ambitious dreams for 10 years, but I must have them. <laughs> and yeah, you've just, you've traveled. You've seen the world. You've finally been to South Africa. You cannot keep putting this at the beginning every year. Now you have gone, you have seen Cape Town, you have seen Josie, um, and you have traveled far and wide. You've been to Edinburgh. I know you want to see Scotland and you have experienced cultures far and wide. Um, and you're, you're happy. You have your group of friends and you are now comfortable in your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you so, so much for coming on to Alessa to my younger self. Thank you for having me. Being here is very different from yeah, being behind the behind camera. The yeah. yeah, and thank you so much for sharing your story so openly, so authentically. I know that your story, you know, is common, but it's not usually talked about. Yeah. So I really do hope that it helps someone out there. Mm-hmm. If you guys know anyone who can benefit from the episode, you can feel free to um, share the episode with them. And also in the description bar, we'll leave um, some resources that can be able to help you in case you are struggling with your journey. So thank you once again, and I will see you guys on the next one. Bye!